Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender show, it's a show about bartending, Keys life, and life in general. Today, we're going to continue with our series of the 12 Drinks of Christmas. And this one's going to be mulled wine or hot wine, vast show in French. We'll also talk about Christmas party etiquette. And we'll throw in Die Hard a little. This is kind of a demonstration on some of the do's and don'ts of Christmas party etiquette. This past weekend, we had a very busy Friday night followed by a very slow Saturday night. As you may know from previous recordings, the restaurant that I work at is big with the locals. And we do fairly well with uh, tourists also. Very well with tourists. But we are not located on the water. We are located along Route 1. Even though the keys aren't very wide, we are still about 150, 200 meters away from the water. Now, the places on the water, when there's an event on the water, such as last night, this past Saturday, was the boat parade, the Christmas boat parade, and they had a little fireworks display there. It's very difficult to compete, so we had... Uh, a very busy Friday night and a very slow Saturday night. And when it's really slow, we have a tendency to walk around as uh, people do in the service industry, walk around and socialize. There's only, there was about three people working in the kitchen. There was two servers, an owner and I, and we had a band and we had about four or five customers. Yes, it is really crazy how slow it is when it's, it's such a draw and such a beautiful night. It was a, a <clears throat> cloudless night with almost a full moon. You know, it's waning past full moon and it's beautiful stars and, you know, calm water on the bay. Bay's always calm. That's the reason why they do the boat parade there. And um, so we're walking around and because we're along Route 1, we see some things see some interesting uh, things. We see interesting people coming up and down the road, but we saw some, a uh, DUI stop and not from our place, but further South because these people were heading North and there were two Monroe County uh, sheriff's vehicles and maybe a state police vehicle. There's so many law enforcement vehicles down here in the Keys because we have the state police, we have Monroe County Sheriff's Department, we have the Drug Enforcement Agency, we have the Florida uh, Wildlife Conservation, they're a policing organization. We have, uh, I did mention DEA, uh, Borders, uh, gosh, Customs Enforcement, all that, all this stuff, immigration, and they're up and down. But the main ones are state police, FWC, and Monroe County Sheriff's Department. So they had someone pulled over and they were giving a sobriety test. <clears throat> so we are all chatting out back to my coworkers, two coworkers and an owner. And there was someone else sitting there. We were chatting and they saw the lights going around out front. And they, we go over and take a look. And we, we there's uh, a bunch of plants separating our back patio where we were talking from the rest of our driveway facing route one. So we had some plants here and we just walk over and we're hidden behind the plants. The owner takes and parts the fern 
I stand up as she starts parting the firm and it's all the, they see all the workers there. I say loudly, we're not looking at you right now. I don't know why I said that, but what that did is got everyone to get down and crouch position and start crab walking away and laughing like idiots. <clears throat> so I can't imagine what the state police and Monroe County, they did not come back and investigate us, which I would investigate us because it certainly sounded like there were some people that may have been intoxicated or were on some kind of psychedelic drug, but that was just us being idiots last night. But it was uh, humorous. I'll do a video recreation of it in the uh, future, maybe if it's worthwhile. We'll see if it, see what it is. I wanted to talk about Christmas party etiquette. And what I'll start out with is Die Hard. Die Hard became a Christmas movie back in the 90s, even though the movie came out in the late 80s, I think. But then people, the, all the action takes place in the middle of a Christmas party. Um, and I'm not going to go over a synopsis of it because I've, almost everyone that watches this podcast, I'm assuming you know the plot to Die Hard. John, Mc, John McClain, I keep on thinking, one is a John McCain, a former senator from Arizona. John McClain, a former detective, of, a detective from New York, is traveling to Los Angeles to see his estranged wife who took a job with the Nakitomi Corporation, I guess, in business development. And she's in their beautiful new Nakatomi Tower in L.A. And she works for Mr. Takagi. And she has a co-worker named Ellis. And there's a Christmas party going on there. And John is invited by his wife to go to the Christmas party. He shows up, blah, 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 blah. And first of all, uh, I understand they give him the office so he can get change but before he changes he meets Ellis and Ellis is kind of the salesman type guy and he's uh he has at one point he actually has his uh it's I forget the actor's name he was in Supergirl the movies too and he also was in a movie called Breaking Away and at one point he they walk into a room the the manager walks into a room with someone and uh Mr. Takagi and John Mc uh, John McClain, who's a police officer. And Ellis is just finishing doing a line of coke and he leaves a bit of dust right there. And the manager, I'm sort of Japanese, Mr. Takagi goes, hey, you left a little something right there. There's one thing, shows you right exactly how to um, not start a party. Don't be doing cocaine in the boss's office and, you know, around on the side. Just don't do it. Uh, second, as soon as Ellis is introduced to John McClain, he starts going off on how much they value his wife. So he's actually getting in between a domestic thing, which is a whole different level, which you shouldn't do. But then he starts bragging about talking about work. He says, look at that. Look, it's a Rolex. Look at the watch on her. It's a real Rolex. Yeah. Just a braggart doing everything wrong. He's a blowhard, does this. He starts hitting on, uh, before McLean arrives, starts hitting on her, trying to say, you know, listen, how about you and I getting together for some baked brie, some mulled wine, mulled wine, which is part of the, you know, it's kind of a tight segue for that. And on a bearskin rug, I think it's a bearskin rug, in front of a roaring fire, which 
kind of like if you're going to, I would suggest this is on a separate tact. If you're going to do the mulled wine, baked brie, bearskin rug in front of a fireplace, don't tell them ahead of time. Pop it on that woman. She'll love it. I mean, if she's a wine drinker, she'll absolutely love it. You know, you play a little music, you play your, your Christmas playlist and stuff like that. You got the roaring fire, you're drinking mulled wine, you're eating brie. I don't know if brie's necessarily good on a bearskin rug. You get a little cheese on it, maybe hard to get out of the fur. You know, you may want to use a fleece because the fleece is more machine washable. So you can see all those things. People are at the Nakatomi Tower. You see that they're, uh, I guess the party started right after work. But most parties nowadays, you always hear about the office Christmas party. A lot, most parties until recently, I guess, until remote work. I mean, do they even do remote parties? How ridiculous was that? You'd be just drinking on camera. There's tons of people that did that during COVID. But they book a separate venue for that. Now, I want to talk about the separate venue thing. When you go to a separate venue, just think about this. If you're not coming straight from work, if you're not going from a restaurant and stuff like that, dress appropriately. If you don't want to be noticed, as someone who's outside the norm, sometimes wearing an outfit, if they ask you to dress like Santa Claus, you dress like Santa Claus. If you act like an elf, you're going to have to put on the curly shoes. Some people have to wear the curly shoes. Some people don't. I've had to wear the curly shoes a couple of times. It's just one of those things. Someone has to do, do the job if you're going to be the elf, you're going to be delivering presents. So, you know, sometimes you might want to be careful. I broke all these rules before. Drink moderately. Drink moderately at the parties. That's if they don't know. If you're not going to hide it, everyone knows you don't drink moderately and stuff like that. Yeah, it would be good to show that you have some moderation in you. I didn't have moderation in me a lot of times. But then again, I worked with a lot of people for a while. Didn't moderate. But you don't want to be the one to say, you don't want to be the one that people say, yeah, I may have behaved badly, but I didn't behave like Jim. Or... I didn't behave like Diane. I, I, I don't know why I picked Diane, but it always seems like some something happens. It's usually a, a Jim or a Diane or a Debbie or a Bill or an Al. So there's your thing. You dress uh, appropriately, watch your drinking. And, and here's one I really can't, enforce enough when you're at a work party unless it's implicitly implied by the owner or the people throwing the party do not concentrate it by talking about work you can make a reference you say well i rarely see you outside of work blah, 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 blah. but you can say well how's the ferguson project going how's how's the topeka job no People are out for, when they're out for a Christmas slash holiday party, I'm just putting in, but I use Christmas. Assume that I'm saying holiday party. When you have a party, people want to forget about that. It's time to unwind with your, uh, your coworkers. Now, like I said, unwinding doesn't mean you're going to drink 20 shots. Now, obviously, if you go to a party with a, uh, with a restaurant folks, you can 
restaurant folks tend to have a little more, they imbibe a little more. But if you go to a group, let's say you're at the home office for the headquarters of Jews for Jesus in Washington, uh, the, you know, Messianic Jews, maybe they're not going to uh, be drinking super heavily there, or maybe they will. But generally, you don't want to be the one pushing those norms, pushing beyond those norms, like Ellis did. The person that behaved well and die hard if you remember, was Hans Gruber. He was polite. He dressed well. He only shot Mr. Takagi to make a point. And all his things were kind of planned. Except for John McClane, obviously. And that's where he has to end up asking the Russian ballet dancer who plays a German terrorist. Why couldn't they get a German guy to play it? Because um, it, Alex, yeah, Alexander Gudon, I think he was in the money pit too, but he's, he's a, he's a Russian uh, emigre. He was a refusenik or, you know, he just defected. He defected from the Moscow ballet, just like Mikhail Baryshnikov did. And he ended up being in Die Hard, the big guy that John McClane fights at the end. The ba- He fights the ballet dancer at the end. And if everyone says, if you put it, in the synopsis, if you were pitching Die Hard, you say, yes, this New York City detective goes to L.A. and has to fight these terrorists. And he's fighting the whole time. And it's a point where he has to jump off the side of his building. And he has a fire hose tied to him. And a, and a helicopter explodes. And blah, 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 blah. And they go, whoa, well, that sounds great. How does it end? Well, it ends with him fighting a ballet dancer. Oh, really? Wow. And then you go and see the ballet dancer. He was pretty badass in the movies. But then again, it shows you like about, oh, and he was also in the guy who was the ballet dancer was in Witness. And it was funny. He played an Amish farmer in Witness. Yeah, it's, you know, the Amish are... It's completely misunderstood if you can get some guy, some emigre and says, well, listen, your voice is weird. We'll just, you're going to play the Amish guy. I guess he was a pretty decent actor, but that must have been some pitch. And he goes, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be fighting that ballet dancer. Oh, this is not going to be like this West Side Story fight. It's the dance fights. No, it's not. Okay, let's, let's move on. We learned the rules about the, uh, Christmas party etiquette. Also make sure that you uh, thank your host. Always thank your host. And whatever it was, it was a beautiful event. As long as like there's no fires or no injuries or, oh, well, it's a shame. Herb uh, had a heart attack. But otherwise, that flaming yon was very tender. Okay. But yeah, don't talk about work. Dress appropriately. Dress, uh, drink moderately. Always thank your host. Okay, let's get on to the mulled wine. Mulled wine's kind of a catch-on. You catch all, let's say. With uh, those wines, you use a dry red or dry, dry white. The sweet wines have a tendency not to intermingle with the mixes as much, and you may end up ending up with a, a wine that's too sweet. So use your dry, use your Chardonnay, 
your white burgundies, your Pinot Grigios, Sauvignon Blancs, um, Cabernet, Pinot Noir, Malbec, Riojas. They're all good. And you get a crock pot. Now, I would do it on crock pot. And make sure that you, you always have to check the temperature. I'm going to tell you about the temperature first. If you cook wine at 172, it'll start cooking. At 172, alcohol starts burning off. That's the boiling point of alcohol. So you want to keep it below that. You want to keep it warm, but not too high. Right. And some, if you want to cook off the alcohol, that's good too. If you want to, you know, you just want to have the taste of it. I don't know. And I would appreciate that too, but I wouldn't necessarily trust it because I don't drink. So I can't assume that the alcohol is cooked off. So I don't drink malt wine anymore. I didn't drink much malt wine before. Mulled wine on my own before. It's mulled when I say mulled, M U L L E D. And I don't know if I have it in the directions there. So, you start, you got the temperatures, you got the wines, you put it in there. Then you take a, um, let's say you're doing one bottle of wine. You're going to appropriate. About two ounces of brandy, a uh, whole orange, or you can um, do two oranges. You want to have it uh, sliced. A lot of people do quarter slices and things like that. But if you really want to get the most out of wine, you take it and you slice it along the width, meaning you end up with circles with the rind in the center. And you put those slices in with it. You put a cinnamon stick or two in, uh, fresh cloves and anise. And you just let it sit. I would, you could put cranberry in there too. There's other things you could put. You could put grapes in there if you want, things like that. But cranberry is a little more festive, especially with the red ones. And it also helps with the white wine. It makes it more. And if you put a little greenery in, if you're using white wine, a white spiced, that the, the green and red, we may make some really nice garnishes on the side. Use um, uh, whatever. You can put a little mint in there even if you like to mint it up. I, I don't know if that would necessarily be the best taste profile. But there you go. You go with the wines. The nice thing about this, when you're uh, drinking a finer wine, a wine that... Uh, there's certain wines that we use, the house wines, that have longer shelf life. And you have other wines, especially ones with corks and finer wines, that once those dry wines are open up, except for refrigerated wines like white wines, you got about 48 hours to use them. Now, with those wines that get start turning, you start those wines start turning and you start tasting and they're not so good anymore, you can actually make a great mulled wine with it. Because you're putting different flavors in it. It doesn't really matter that the first profile of the wine doesn't match because you're kind of changing the profile of the wine. So you got to watch your temperature. Do that. You're going to serve it in a mug or one of those uh, glass coffee mugs. And then you put a little cinnamon stick in there too. Like I said with the garnish. I wouldn't worry about the garnish too much. For um, I would use an orange slice and maybe cranberry on the red or even on the white. And that's pretty much it. So we'll try to get to the other ones. I get, I have, there's 12 days of Christmas and it starts on Christmas. It goes to uh, All Kings Day, the 6th. And I started early, so we're on the 4th. So probably next week I'll get to the 5th and the 6th. And then I'll have six more episodes to do to get in. I guess I'll have to double up on some of them. I'm going to have to double up on some of your drinks. But until then, I want to thank you for listening to The Keys Bartender. I will be back. Have a great day. 
make sure you start purchasing your items that you need to send to people. If you need to send me a gift, please send me a gift. I'll take it. No, but you know, I don't take booze anymore. I do take booze. I give it away. That's a nice thing. Now, the one last thing I always say, my wife uh, and I, we always, uh, we enjoyed wine together at one time and vodka and bourbon. I actually enjoyed all those things. She not so much, not as much as I did. And uh, so we would end up probably being able to stockpile at most, at most at any one time, eight bottles. Because I would just go through it so much. Hence, I don't drink anymore. But nowadays, my wife will open a bottle of wine. It'll last a week for her. For God's sakes, when I drink a zero beer, if I get a 12-pack of zero beer, that lasts for about three weeks. Or two weeks or something like that. Because I only drink like one zero beer. When I was drinking beer with alcohol in it, I would drink anywhere from six to 12 at one time, besides having a glass of beer. But this isn't a drinking log. I'm just talking about now I'm able to really, I guess, build the kind of wine uh, selection that when people come over, I can actually, oh, yes, we have some Chardonnay. We have some Pinot Gris here. Would you like any? Yeah, it's a big change of pace. The thing that really helped my cabinet, my liquor cabinet, was me not drinking. That's all I have to say today. This is Jim the Keys bartender signing off. Take care and be careful not to overheat your hot wine. Your vast show. Bye.